Welcome to Your Voice to the World. I'm Eddie Pinero, speaker, filmmaker, and storyteller, teaming up with Terrence McMahon, retired CEO and best-selling author. Having built multi-million dollar businesses and created lifestyle brands enjoyed by millions around the world, we've established a blueprint to do more and become more. Now we're joining forces to inspire you to share your voice and build the business and lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Welcome to Your Voice to the World podcast, episode three, where we talk about sharing your voice and building your business. I'm Eddie Pinero. And I'm Terrence McMahon. And today is going to be unbelievable. We're talking about finding your purpose and creating following your one thing. So what do you think? Last week was awesome. We got to keep that momentum going. One of my favorite books. It's, it's unreal. Yeah. It's, it ties to essentialism. It, it does a lot. We were actually discussing whether or not, if you read this book on the surface, you can think it's the same book, like cut everything away and end up with one thing. Right. But I think, I think Gary's book, Gary Keller, the founder of Keller Williams real estate company, but that has, a, he has an amazing story that how he used the one thing to build that company. That's not mentioned in the one thing, by the way, I heard it on a podcast, um, uh, episode, a private podcast episode where he talked about how he built Keller Williams, but it talks about creating something huge and amazing and very large, but not focusing on that giant, giant goal, lining up a strategy and getting down to something that you can win today and putting all your energy into getting that what's in front of you done versus trying to knock over a domino too far out. He talks about the dominoes. A lot of emphasis on strategy, right? Absolutely. Where I think, I think the biggest differentiator for me on essentialism was like, okay, essentialism's a lot about figuring out what you don't want. Simplification, simplification, simplification. This is like, okay, now you have line of sight. Let's get it. And uh, what are some ways to do that? So that's what we'll talk about. So you, you talked about this. Uh, I mean, we, we talk a lot about books, you know, yeah. and since day one, this is, this is actually one of the, maybe the second self-help book I ever read. And I remember we started talking about um, a lot of this stuff. It was one of your, your influencers as well. What about it do you value so much? Like what, what pieces have you, you utilized? Uh Actually, a lot of the, a lot of the things in my life that uh, I didn't necessarily listen to. What he what he's a, a very good at is strategy. He's good at creating a strategy to get a huge result and reverse engineering something down from something very large mm -hmm. all the way down to what you can do today. Because he was a salesman, and what I heard him talk about is he he go you got to meet your customer where they can say yes to you today, and I use that. A lot of times when I'm training uh, some of my, 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 uh, my coaching clients about recruiting, like everybody wants someone to go from digital stranger to top producer in their organizations. And it's, it's unrealistic. They don't even know your name. Right. Like that might be the outcome. But what you want to do is get them from digital stranger to knowing your name, following you, liking you, an instant message of some sort and, and building the dominoes up from them. And that, that geometric progress which the domino, in fact, we have a couple here. I had these made, uh, these little dominoes that we made. The little domino, the two-inch domino, could knock over a, a three-inch domino. And a three-inch domino could knock over a four-inch domino. And that ge geometric progression never ends. So someone might not know your name, and you might want them to be top producer, but you got to get them to know your name and then trust you and then give them value and then create a relationship and then potentially do business. It's many steps ahead a lot of times. Yeah. In other and, words, the, the littlest domino is not going to knock over the biggest one. Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It won't, it won't do it. And that's where everyone, everyone fails and they, they, uh, I see it all the time. People are trying to hit their, you know, not be, knock over a big, big domino. My, my mentor used to say, people want to go to heaven. They don't want to die. Yeah, like there's a lot. A lot has to happen to get the the, the big result, and the, and he does a great job of that. And all of his efforts gets focused on the one thing. So it's it's that magic question. And Gary Gary encourages you through this book to ask yourself, what's the one thing that you can do that by doing it makes whatever you want to do tomorrow easier or unnecessary? Yeah. And if you focus on that every every day, uh, there's always a next best move towards a goal. A lot of patience involved too. I yeah. feel like that's, that's kind of, I mean, sort of an underlying theme throughout the whole thing. Yeah. But like when he was talking about, 
you know, uh, Bill Gates, his one thing was, you know, computers, which led to computer programming, right. which led to Microsoft and everything. But when you look at it over uh, an extended period of time, it's like it goes back to what we always talk about with this cultural now immediate validation. It's like we forget like one thing mastery in anything is a, a series of dominoes, but mm. it takes time and it builds momentum. And, you know, like you said, the, the little one doesn't knock over the big one. It's a it's a it's a long term play. Right. It's right out of Gary V's. Uh, you know, he preaches that all the time. It's like patience persistence strategy yeah versus tactic yeah the tactician in business usually loses the one the one who is strategic about what they do vis-a-vis lining up right moves one two three there's an exercise to do it in the book to 10 or 15 moves Uh, because if you do geometric progressions the the little two-inch domino the progression repeats itself i think it's i think it's 18 times a knock over two-story building 27 times will knock over the Empire State Building just by that geometric progression. That's 27 wins from zero to having such a big, a big deal. And so, in, like, chess is a strategic game, mm. not necessarily dominoes, but there's always a mathematically best move on a chessboard, which is the one move that gives you the best chance to win. And that's how I look at the one thing when I, I'm doing any one project. It's like, what can I do today if it's about being more healthy or more mindful, or I just want to improve a relationship, what's one thing I can do to do that today that by doing so it makes the, the relationship better tomorrow? Yeah. It's a good, tech, a good technique. Yeah, it ties into to Hardy's compound effect too. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover here. Yeah, I, I just, I love this area. Yeah. Uh, I think there's just so much relevance. And I, I, one of the questions that I get a lot when, when I'm talking to, whether it's people that watch my, my channel and, and my you know, social media networks mm-hmm. or just uh, asking you know, with regard to their businesses, it's like the patience and the persistence. It's like, how do I know it's going to work, right? Because you can be two years in and you know, we talk about this sort of the, the exponential thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you succeed and then you start succeeding quickly. But until you hit that point, it can be emotionally taxing and, and you know, f- devastating mentally. And so I, that's, that's one of the reasons I think this is important. I'm glad it was one of my first you know, self-help books that I, I read is because it's like you see it linearly. You see it as a progression. Um, and that's, that's important, you know, we talked about the, the lining up our dominoes in these books and building your business or sharing your message and building your business. It starts out with a journey, just get going and then start to eliminate the things that are holding you down. Right. Get strategic about, you know, what's your one thing you're going for work backwards then it's uh, a chess match. Yeah, but what's beautiful about this is we were just talking because what you do if you do the one thing and you do 23 things over the course of how, however long, you're starting to build a habit. Right. Which is, guess what? It's our next podcast episode. Habits. Yep. Or, yep. You know, these books, are, we're lining them up so that you can start from zero to having a message and monetizing your message through your business. And these are great ideas. These are great books. So it's not b- necessarily a book review. It's more about how do you use the book right. in your life. Exactly. Um, exactly. What can you take from it? Yeah. Slip I mean, right how do you use your it? Life, you know? yeah. And by the way, everyone's interpretation is different. You know? How about you, Stevie? How's your one thing? My one thing? Yeah. Well, the one thing that stood out to me from this book was the time blocking. Because I never really thought of that, like picking a time that... I set aside every day to focus on something because my day usually goes like however my energy goes. So that was a question I had for both of you is what is something that you time block or have you utilized the time block at all? Um, I, I'll start. Yeah, I mean, the morning is, is hands down like the the holy, the holy time for me. I, I feel like the day, you know, I try and, and keep blocks of time, um, but the morning kind of stays the same. So it's it's like thinking journaling planning quiet time and uh i just recently got back to that and it's just it's it's amazing the impact it has on the rest of my day it's amazing like i get so mad at myself when i skip it because it's like it's not maybe or if or whether it'll help it's like when i carve out 90 minutes for myself in the morning i get up early my day's 
exponentially better. I'm happier, I'm more productive, I have more energy, I feel better about myself. So it's like, anyway, that needs to happen. And yeah, yeah I'm, I'm back, back, in the, back on the horse with that. Easy, uh, easy question though. That's, that's what, one thing I put in that I do every day and it's morning sessions. Like yeah. our, our product uh, that we kind of evolved into just something you would listen to or watch into a process that is, I do every day as soon as I wake up, you know, I, I, I go through my morning, my morning routine and I end up on the, I end up on the balcony, the big dominoes, I'm on the balcony and I'm quiet and I'm looking at the ocean and I'm getting downloads into a clear brain, right. a rested brain, a brain that's got endorphins that's moved a little bit. And, and then I do, when I journal at the end of my journaling, I always map out my day. And what I, you know, I, I do one thing, it's called one by five. What's one thing that you can do today for your body and whatever that is today, some kind of movement, mm -hmm. you know, we ride bikes, we do whatever. And then one thing for my mind and one thing for relationships, one thing for learning and one thing for earning. That's one by five. And if you advance yourself in, in, in all five areas in a day, I know it seems like a lot. You can just do one thing, but just advancing. Those are, those are five balls, by the way. In, in the book, Gary talks about the, um, the balls, the rubber balls and the glass balls. Like you're juggling the balls and the, uh, like your business ball bounces, right? Your, your uh, health does not. It's a glass ball. It falls, it breaks. So you're always juggling balls because, you, you know, some things are going to take more priority than the other. But, uh, of course, in my case, my, my, my career was going well and my relationships and my physical health were declining. Yeah. Yeah, it's class ball. breaks. You can come back from a lot of things. You can even come back from, you know, physical distress. But if you, there's no need to let it go so much. Let me ask you this. If, have you noticed, like, over the course of, you know, the past however many years or maybe even your life mm -hmm. that it's the same ones that tend to break? Or have you seen a... a depending on like the time and what you're going through a complete discrepancy i mean for in my own life it's been my in my uh finding the time to 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 be healthy yeah i mean that's that's like physically yeah, eating and working out yeah i made it a priority it's my it's it's number one because if i'm not healthy i'm dead priority mean you got to be healthy nothing else comes from health i mean that's 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 not everyone's number one, but it, for me it is. But that's the one I always did well in business. Always did well putting points on the board. Yeah. But the you know the rubber balls is a big deal. But morning sessions keeps you directionally on course. Yeah, because you have to think about it. You know. <clears throat> right, and that's as well as, as as lining up your big dominoes. Right. We have a we had these dominoes made. Look at this one. How could you knock that over? If this is a giant goal and you're sitting here, right? Me and, Stevie, me and Stevie did the exercise yesterday. Yeah. What was this? 900x? Something like that. Yeah, this, was, this was nine, I think I a thousand, a thousand x the domino. But you can work backwards from that and line up the dominoes and knock it down. I think it's six progressions knocks that domino down from the two inch domino. That's strategy. Yeah. Now you miss one. It's okay. You're directionally on course. You got to go back and keep doing it. Right. right. A lot of people try to skip steps, and I and I. That's when I see people fall a little bit. But so I this this popped into my head. Difference between skipping a step and working smarter, right? I, and I say that because that has been a big learning curve for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Ever since I sort of became or, or went down the entrepreneurial path, it's like, you know, just because you're working hard, just because you're working 16 hours doesn't mean some asshole working four hours isn't doing more than you. <laughs> it doesn't mean that. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's being cognizant and balancing the two, you know? Yeah. They got a better strategy. Better strategy, yeah. Because yeah. time, time, time and output are not a one-to-one, -one, right. you know, thing. And that's something for everyone to keep in mind. It's like it's not just moving to move. It's mm -hmm. being methodical about it. Otherwise... That time is not knocking over that domino, although it may seem like it is. Right. right. I mean, we're looking at your 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 uh, your channel, which I think is at two hundred thousand, and we wanted to get it to a million, mm -hmm. which is five x. Right. And you could be just missing one thing, and your one thing could be just testing. And I know you're testing thumbnails. I don't know a lot about it, but I see you testing thumbnails. You're testing ad copy. You're testing music. You're testing images. You're testing different languages. 
but that's so close. Steve yeah. and I were looking at it the other day. Yeah. Like you wait the analytics. So what's interesting is the retention on these videos is is incredible. YouTube is not sharing them though. Right. Why? That's something that's that's a tweak. Right. That's and, and by the way, these thumbnails and this titling, it's taking me time and energy and effort and focus. It's just not the right energy and focus. So like once you get that puzzle going or that puzzle figured out, then, yeah, I think, you know, that hockey curve again, I think. But you're to your point, you're stuck on that domino. It doesn't mean quit. It doesn't mean stop trying. You just keep trying to knock it over until it works. Yeah, that's life. Yeah. Yeah. There's keep, always a way. Start on the premise. There's always a way. There's right? always a way. Uh, I heard a, um, and I didn't hear him on a podcast. In fact, I heard this Gary Keller addressed a private mastermind I'm in. Mm -hmm. He did it by phone. It was pretty, pretty, pretty rickety audio, but it was clear enough to know this that he talked about how he built Keller Williams. And Keller Williams at one time was not the premier real estate company. In fact, they were the opposite of that. They had a good model, it was financially sound, but he wanted to have more millionaire real estate agents than anybody else. And he, his one thing was, what's one thing he can do that by doing so uh, made whatever he had to do tomorrow easier or unnecessary. And he ended up writing the definitive guide to being a real estate agent, a millionaire real estate agent. He wrote this book, I just looked at it called The Millionaire Realtor, Real Estate Agent. So he wrote this book, and he lined up his dominoes, and his first domino was giving a real estate agent this book. Well, his first domino was writing the book. Once it was done, he got them to a seminar, which, mm -hmm. which this book is basically a giant invitation to come to a Keller Williams seminar. And in the seminar, they teach the process, and then it would roll people in a training program, right. and then ultimately they join the training and they become a Keller Williams agent. His system created more millionaire real estate agents than any other system now keller williams is by far the biggest player and it was because of a hundred percent of his energy went into driving attendance into the seminar yeah they did nothing else they built the funnel so it worked and they always they said all energy is just get people in the seminar very simple process so i forget if you said this at the beginning but i remember hearing it in the podcast too what do you call it like the the lowest point of entry is that the he's term to, he's in meet your client where they can say yes to you. Right. And he couldn't get someone who worked for Remax or Century 21 to join his firm. Like that's what a lot of, that's where a lot of recruiters <clears throat> fail. But he can get them to read a book. And the book will compel them to come to a workshop where they'll learn secrets on how to be a millionaire real estate agent where they'll potentially enroll into training and then the rest is history. Right, right. So his number one win was something he could win in. A lot of people try to, when they're trying to recreate themselves physically or mentally or in business, they, they, they try to take on too much too early. They don't have a series of enough little wins. Yeah. That creates the habit. Right. And it's just an incredible way of looking at things. You know, uh, right. the, the lowest point of entry, the meet people where they say yes. I mean, for me, it's right. the, the video interaction. It's YouTube. And you build the relationship and then... You know, all the steps after that are just, I mean, it's limitless. You know, right. like I said, that event where we had, you know, hundreds of people there and met some incredible folks and great discussions and new relationships. But it starts at a simple, you know, uh, a simple dialogue. We, 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 we mapped out the dominoes when we looked at creating the product, remember? We mapped out, like, how can we take a high-quality, unique video and get someone to watch it. That's one art that you've mastered. You're arguably one of the best in the world at that, in the motivation space. So how do we get them to subscribe and see your stuff regularly? And now how do we get them, the next word, next domino is to get them to enroll in maybe a podcast or come to one of our live events and then hire, hire us or for some online learning or some coaching or our mastermind. Right. We have a mastermind we just created, it's pretty excited about, right. where you can learn you know, the insides of this, of this process. And that is the whole evolution of client creation is right. creating, taking someone from a digital stranger to hearing your message to a higher level of learning. Different value propositions. And, and, and yeah. you know, something that you learn is people drop off at different points along the way. Mm -hmm. And not only is that great, that's part of the process. And um, yeah, it was, it was really, it's funny. It's those little tweaks, the subtle tweaks that are real transformative in terms of how you're looking at business. Yeah. It's because when you look at, YouTube, not as an end or, uh, you know, I guess the vehicle in and of itself, but a door, 
a giant door to welcome people into your brand and get them familiar with what you have to say and and help them. But it's level one of the help and the value add. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I really like that. Yeah. When you're creating videos, it's kind of interesting because you're trying to get someone to take to take in your content and who doesn't know you, doesn't know who you are. They somehow find you right. through a search. I think most of your clients, right? Yeah, or shared or passed on or yeah. So one of your, your one thing is to get someone to watch your video. Right. And then what's the next? That's the next domino. Um, I think subscribe. So like in the, um, I don't want to say funnel, but you know, just in the community, a part of the community, subscribe, waiting for the next video. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's been my ecosystem. It's right. been YouTube and Instagram and um, my website. And so now over right. the past six or seven months, which is why it's been so exciting, branching out yeah. and doing live events and masterminds and um, you know, taking the thing I do every morning, building it into a course and, and pushing it out to the world, that's just really exciting. Right. So now I'm looking at it a little bit differently, you know? Yeah. Uh, Cause that was the end, it was the, uh, you know, the, the ultimate, you know, it's YouTube. It's where I love. It's where I put all my energy and right. I share my voice. And that's great. But it's just the beginning. Right. You yeah. Because I've been with you so many different times now where someone's asked you the, the, the ultimate question. It's like, how do you make money on YouTube? Right. Right. And it's, it's like pennies, right? On the dollar compared to. I, know, I mean, I see that. In fact, we're together. We're our relationships because I wanted to hire you to do something. Right. I think that's what, that's what happened. I was, I'm the live example of how a little domino can turn into something bigger because we've done business together now. Now, we're, now we have a couple joint ventures. But I saw a video. Then I, I, I saw more. Mm-hmm. And then I actually met you in a podcast. And then we got together and then we did some business and then we did a live event and then now we're doing this. It's all, it was all the progressions of the, the domino because you're, the, the, you're, however you get someone into your ecosystem mm-hmm. uh, is depending on your skill set. I mean, some for, for sales funnels are not new ideas. They are heavily weighted into one thing. Like right. one goes to the next, goes to the next. And the, and the whole idea of a sales funnel is to take a lot of numbers and drop them in the funnel and have a client come out the bottom, an ideal client. Um, but we used to do the same thing, knocking on doors. We'd, we'd go down, knock on 50 doors, and we'd get two or three people to let us in the house, which was the next step in the funnel. And then they may let us do a presentation, which is the next step in the funnel. They may let us write a policy, next step in the funnel. And then we'd ask them for referrals when we delivered, and then we update the program. It's the same idea. But you can do it now digitally, and you can do it very strategically in, in, in this process. Um, and that's the whole part of this this journey when we started out with the first book uh, you know all the places you'll go and the alchemist is about just taking some some faith and starting your your journey because you don't know what you're going to learn on the journey and you don't know but when you line it up the way we did you know cutting away now we get the one thing starting to look at what that giant domino looks like um, and then next week will be habits right Steve yeah so I had a question for you so we talked about the um there's the four thieves of productivity he talked about in the book. You guys touched on health habits and then essentialism. We talked about saying no to things. Right. But the other two is fear of chaos and then your environment, how it supports your goals. So I was wondering if you guys had to get over the fear of chaos. If you have chaos and you just it was just a part of the gig and you were comfortable with it from the start or anything you could add to that. Yeah, um, I, I think this is from personal experience. I feel like we're biologically wired to want to avoid chaos, you know. Um, we talked last week about seeking out clarity, and that's, it's important, but it plays hand in hand with chaos. And it's almost like if you don't jump into chaotic uh, um, situations, you don't have the opportunity to chisel it down mm-hmm. to what's important, to prioritize. So it's almost like seek out chaos, uh, figure it out, put the pieces together, become accustomed to it, get comfortable, seek out more chaos, you know? And, mm-hmm. and you can look at the dominoes that way. It is one sort of, if it was comfortable, you know, you talk, you're going to talk about this in your TED Talk, right? I mean, if, if it's comfortable, every domino is the same. And, and you don't want that. You, you sort of need to seek out that chaos so you can harness it and stand on it. Um, yeah, that's, that's my take on that. You know, it's funny, we talked about chaos last week. We talked about 
in essentialism, focused focused pursuit of less creates uh, results, which creates options, which creates focused pursuit of more, which creates chaos. And I think chaos and environment are pretty are pretty closely related because um, chaos comes when you have a lot of moving parts in your life. And what the one thing does is, if you, let's pretend everything's a, a feather, you just stabilize one thing. And everything else in relationship to that one thing is moving, and you will stabilize chaos, and you'll make it focus. In environment, you have a lot of control. I mean, one of the big ideas in my, in my TED message is to change the fruit, you need to change the root. And I think Covey and T.R. Becker both kind of have been credited with that. You got to cut away the roots, and one of the major roots you got to cut away is you, if you want to change or recreate yourself is your physical environment. Right. I moved, and we talked about that last yesterday with essentialism. We both moved, so we created a new stadium uh, in a new sport, right. and we decorated it any color we wanted. And you put the, the the right fans in there and the right personnel. That's a big deal. Um, your 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 environment is huge, and. It can all be designed very strategically. I love what I love about like Gary's book is um, it's 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 very simple. If you are thoughtful about it, you don't know whether or not you can knock over four dominoes out, but you know what you need to do to get from where you are to the next step. Right. Like there's books out there like zero to one. Like if you want to lose weight, how do you lose weight? There's science. You need to put your body in calorie deficit, so you can create a mini experiment to lose a pound. And, great, and get data and positive feedback loops and do it again and do it again and learn and, and, and learn. I've seen, it, I've seen it happen a bunch of times. Anything's learnable. 100%. We talked about yesterday with environment, sort of the chaos of being, so like I, I live in an apartment where, you know, I sleep and I edit, and I take meetings, and I make videos, and I do everything there, and just stepping away, and, and you know, coming here to edit last night. Um, little things like that, where you're just, it matters how you look at the environment, and how you operate. It just plays such a big role in, uh, in what you do, and how you do it, so you gotta always be tweaking that, you know? I, I said this probably on every podcast so far, and, and there's a reason for that. It's you are your own experiment. Mm-hmm. And it's no matter what you're doing or, or seeking to learn or move away from or cut or change, it's like you can't be scared um, to, to, to try, to experiment, to learn, and then, you know, you make those changes. That's why I think chaos is a good thing, you know? Yeah, changing, changing it up is, a, is, is also really important. You see it in sports a lot. A quarterback will change teams and all of a sudden their career will be re- revitalized right right and sometimes it doesn't work but it's a it's a form of self-experiment someone's just in a slump i've seen it in baseball when i used to play people would do all kinds of crazy shit they'd wear different color underwear and and they would walk around they'd have they played oh, yeah. music they'd be in the dugout chewing on licorice or chewing tobacco whatever it was that they felt playoff they beer. kept they'd keep changing it they were changing their little mini and yeah mini environment rally caps right. it's a little bit of a version and then a lot of that, I think, is um, is psychosomatic. It's the placebo effect, but it's a big part of, of changing an environment. You, you'll see that a lot in different different industries. Right. Um, big deal. Steve and I were talking about this yesterday in the car. Like when you visualize something, it's you know it it, it once you visualize it enough, you start to subconsciously believe it. And your actions start to transform because your thoughts, right, are, are play a big role in, in creating your action. And it's it's not the universe, in my opinion, conspiring and like lighting a path for you, but it's you're now living up to this story and you're knocking over the next domino because you believe it and you've seen it and, and you're you're living out this uh, like a, a an altered story now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. The. They they talk they talk about that in uh, in in the book the power of like Harry Potter that's called transportation theory that you get transported into the book and that's why the book sold so it created a fictional reality and people just took on the role of the protagonist and all of a sudden they're in the book and they're feeling things and they're beca- and they're taking on the attributes of of um, of Harry Potter and and the, all all kinds of books do that but that's what's unbelievably incredible about books yeah. 
if you don't have an ability, you can connect to some ability or the possibility of the ability, the possibility, is that a word? And it is today. Yeah, because there's certain things I can do today I had no idea how to do. And I did it with these books. Right. You know, we're going to talk about habits next week, yeah. which is one of my favorite, favorite subjects. Um, but they all, they all wander into each other because you can't start a habit without starting small. Right. And creating a win and, and, and a repeatable win. Because if you're not winning the habit, you, you'll... Uh, You'll you'll, uh, you'll you'll drop the habit. It'll never get into that what they call the basal ganglia that that uh, that automatic automatic mind. If you're not if you're not getting that feedback loop, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's, next week's gonna be a good episode because habits is is like our wheelhouse. Right. Um, right. And there was a there's also something I read when Eddie and I were doing the um, I don't know if we told you this Steve we're doing. We were doing the um, motivation research, all the science of motivation, and we came up with this thing. With it. Remember, uh, it was called mental contract. No, it's called temporal discounting. So you take this big domino and you look at it like a big goal. Let's say you want to lose a, let's say you want a hundred million dollars. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a be better number because I've done this before in financial planning. Let's say you want a million dollars and you're 30 years old. And you got to save 65 bucks a month. Right? If you do it for 30 years at a certain percentage, it'll be a million dollars. What happens is the 60 bucks is relatively so small. The millions is huge and it looks, looks giant to you. But what your brain does it through what's called temporal discounting, it makes the current expenditure bigger than it really is and it makes the future goal a smaller reward than it really is. And those numbers as you, but you gotta keep going. Those numbers will start to get more realistic as you go. And it's, it's interesting how, because of course you can line up, line up the dominoes, but temporal discounting makes the, it, it's, it makes it, you're psychologically biased not to do something to get a long-term reward because right. it seems like it's not a big thing, but it really is. So you got to talk yourself into getting going until you can create that habit, which is all, I think, pretty heavily related to dominoes, the dominoes. Do you feel that? Is there something like... Because I've experienced that, where it's like you got to almost trick yourself into... Like, you have to create incentives that aren't there. And, so like, manufacture checkpoints. Well, this is an example. I mean, this isn't something either of you or, you, either you or I are trained to do, and we're doing it. This is our third one. It's a lot easier than the first one, right? Remember the first one we did? It sucked so bad we had to record it over. <laughs> it was a lot of dead space because we weren't quite sure how to how to how to use it. What type of messaging? We're, we're, you know, it's going to get better a little bit each time. Did you ever see an old podcast from somebody like uh, who's the big guys like Seth Rogen? Right? His early ones weren't nearly as good as his current ones are. Yeah, right? Gary Vee's first wine library. Yeah, they got. He's got habits, yeah. and he's got embedded habit. His team is habits. We got. Steve the dunking machine. You know, <laughs> yeah, man. He can dunk right in front of us. He can. He's catching on. But, like, that's what, what, um, like, these checkpoints on YouTube, right? So, 100,000 subs, for example. That's a manufactured arbitrary thing. I mean, that means absolutely nothing. But you put that there because it's a sign of progress and it's an opportunity to pat yourself on the back and reflect and be like mm -hmm. okay you know we're, we're going somewhere um and i feel like the the trick in a lot of a lot of ways for creatives and and people that are, are sharing and putting things out there um you know y young businesses entrepreneurs it's like you have to build in checkpoints otherwise you know you're going to be angry you're not knocking over that enormous enormous domino and you're forgetting about all the space in between. Yeah, feedback loop is it needs it needs you need to have rewards for something, right? Uh, and, and good feedback. Uh, that's uh, Chick sent me how he talks about that in flow, which means that's when we're we're visiting on that concept of play, where you're getting you have a clear outcome, but you're getting instant feedback from whatever you're doing, like rock climbing or right. jog. Like when you jog, you get instant feedback. That's positive feedback, which will help you keep going. Um, when you're weighing yourself every day, for instance, in weight loss, and you're losing weight after three after three of them, I've, I've seen I've seen some people do it ten days in a row, not lose a pound, and they quit doing things like they're not getting any feedback. Right. You know they're not they're they're sneaking something. 
it's physically impossible to, not to lose weight if you do it right. Uh, but once they start moving and they get a couple pounds in a row, you'll see the, the, the momentum takes over. That's what's powerful about the domino effect. It's just hanging on until it falls over, right? I mean, right. in a lot of respects, that's what it is. You just outlast everybody. Yep. Success is merely hanging on when others are letting go, right? Yeah, absolutely. I did a a seminar for for a bunch of young insurance agents. I still get called to talk to that group a lot. And it's an old industry. There's there's three people retiring for every one new person. And I looked at it and someone says, what's one thing we can do to, to make sure we're successful? I said, well, just don't die. Because there's three people leaving for every one new person like you're basically going to inherit a big business or a client just just stick in there and hang in there and that and that was the kind of kind of funny because if you just stay stay in some businesses long enough to learn it you will right uh even if the winds are a little bit just to make a little progress uh some people some people um they plateau too patience 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 yeah um, Keller talks about the iceberg and he talks about profit and productivity in businesses being, you know, their focus and that was that, you know, sort of what presents itself above the water. But that iceberg has two bigger pieces underneath the water, which is purpose and priority. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be it'd be cool to talk about that for a little bit, um, because, you know, again, I'm reverting back to the realm of social media in the digital age we live. You know, that stuff that drives us crazy, the get rich quick stuff, all that stuff. And people have this notion where even if it's like, oh, I can learn a skill quickly and make millions of dollars or make X or support. And it's like, you, if you don't dig deeper for so many reasons, you know, things fall off, right? Um, and so, yeah, let's let's talk about purpose and uh, and, and, and then further funneling that into a prioritization of what matters. I'll give you a quick idea, quick, quick observation. You and I are having a conversation. We're trying to get attendance for our first live event. I would say it was going less than perfectly. It was a PhD in uh, how not to do one of these things. But what we did was, what we did right was when Eddie was having a bad day, he goes, this just sucks. He used a different word. <laughs> And, you know, that's when you start to really question whether or not you want to keep doing anything. Right. <laughs> like maybe you want to go back to work for an insurance company. Right. But I said this, I read, I read up a lot of your reviews. Like, you, there's people that didn't kill themselves because of what you did on your world within. There's people, I've read some messages, people that did things and they connected with your story and your message. And you had a greater, greater purpose. You didn't necessarily make any money on it. Um, but that message that that person wrote to you gave you enough purpose and reinforcement to go write another another thing and that's a big deal it's powerful stuff yeah and then when i was selling insurance i was getting paid really well but there were people that directly and indirectly i mean every year we played tens of millions of dollars in claims there was always stories about families that we sold policies to someone got killed and the policy came and the kids could stay in school and their lives didn't get disruptive there's always a why to why you do anything yeah right and that's it drives every like to your point that's what pushes you through the hard because it's frustrating right any industry is frustrating i mean it's frustrating when i feel like i have a message or a product or a story to tell and sometimes they you know it's a swing out of the park sometimes it's a swing and a miss but i think if you don't have that purpose Right. Mm-hmm. If you don't know that the, 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 the policies that you're selling are literally saving lives and keeping families afloat, mm-hmm. why, why stay in the fight? Right. You know, yeah. if you're in it for money, um, Emerson wrote once, who you are shouts so loudly in my ears, I cannot hear one word you say. And when I had people that I would train that I knew were not in it for helping people, because it's, it's an industry where you got to help people like you do what you do ultimately. Right. To tell your message and your story. It's not about um, it's not about money. You could make more money doing lots of other things. I've you know, um, as is true for me. But when you you know when you know if at the end end of it, you look back, you wouldn't trade your life for any other because because of you indirectly and indirectly, however you structured your company, people are better off in the world. You left your little mark. Um, but people that are in it for the money usually don't last. Yeah. Yeah. They get complaints. They get pushy. They're, 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 they call it commission breath. You can smell it on them. Like people are like, man, get away from me. 
Yeah. You ever smell it on someone? They're just in your face. You know that something's wrong. Right away. Some kind of vibe. Right away. Yeah, that's what Emerson meant by that. Like you pick it up on somebody. It's sleazy. Right, right on, Stevie. Did you ever get pushed around by a sleazy salesperson? <laughs> yeah, plenty of times. But um, what do you think about these? Uh, <laughs> throw it right back at you. What do you think of these five factors of happiness to kind of get to, around to that purpose? What do we got? We got positive emotion and pleasure, achievement, relationships, meaning, and engagement. I, I forget this part of the book. Yeah, I do too. You know what's interesting about, about the book? I remember, um, of course, this one question, the magic question that Gary asks you to ask yourself in the morning, what's one thing that you can do today that by doing that, and not only, if you do nothing else that day, makes whatever you need to do tomorrow easier or unnecessary, I think what he means is whatever that one thing is that gets you to that giant domino, like this domino, this huge beast of a domino, will that make you happy? Because it might not be a lot of fun getting there. Mm. Um, yeah. I remember when I had people literally crying, thinking they're going to leave the career because they couldn't afford to, 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 to last. Because in that industry, you're underpaid for a couple of years. In fact, in business, you're underpaid for a period of time to be overpaid forever at some point. Hmm. And it, sometimes it takes two years, sometimes it takes 10 years. But at some point, you'll, you'll, if you do something long enough, well enough, and you set your model up correctly, which we'll teach you how to do in, these, in this series, it'll, make, it'll create happiness, which is you know, a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose. It allows you to be you know, paying your bills so you can actually enjoy life a little bit. Right. Sign up, you know, the, the great American dream that we've created. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't set it up correctly, you don't get it. It's a fool's errand. The ladder is leaning against the, lo- the wrong wall when you get to the top. Yeah. Ryan Holiday talks about passion versus purpose. Right. And the sort of how they're, they're um, confused. And it's like passion is a temporary, exciting, almost like he, I think you referred to like dopamine blasts, right? Like, yeah. pa- it, it, but it's so temporary. If you don't have the purpose, Again, you're going to find yourself between a rock and a hard place when things get tough. Because if you don't have that internal drive and desire to get there, you just you don't. That's interesting. I never heard that before. Passion being like kindling and the purpose being the heavy fire. Would you ever exactly. start a fire? Like the, the heavy stuff that keeps the fire going. Exactly. Uh, that's interesting. That's an interesting. I never, I never thought of that. Um, you know, when you go to purpose. And then um, he talks about Bronnie Ware's book in the beginning of Gary's of this book. He talks about the top five regrets of the dying, mm. right? Bar- Bronnie Ware was a hospice nurse and she's big on, uh, Ted talk. She did a big Ted talk, but she wrote a book called the top five regrets of the dying, where she was a hospice nurse, Australian hospice nurse. And she used to help people prepare for end of life, you know, through, through hospice. But what she felt her job really was, was to listen. Right. And she remember she compiled the list of the top five. I remember the first one because as I said on my deathbed, I thought I remembered that the the top regret of the dying is to is to um, is to live a life true to yourself, not one that everyone else expected of you. Yeah, I'll I'll read them. I got them. I mean, they're incredible. Uh, I wish that I let myself be happier. I wish that I'd stayed in touch with my friends. I wish that I had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And then uh, I wish I'd had the courage to have a life true to myself, not the one of others, or not the life others expected of me. It's, uh, it's amazing. Because if you, <laughs> as you're going through these, it's like so many of them are, are antithetical to how people think and like what's pushed societally. You know what I mean? Right. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Well, I mean, what if... This is what we're talking about. This whole thing's about designing your message, your voice, and building a business around that. Because if you don't have a plan for that, the world will give you one. They'll hand it to you. They'll feed it to you. It'll be your plan. It'll be, be that. Because we used to say in financial planning, people don't plan to fail. They failed to plan. Mm. When we saw people at the end like that, because usually when that type of conversations going on there's usually a phone call to the office saying can you come by and i've sat with people before and had illustrations of different recommendations i would make to them they didn't buy because they had priorities that weren't in line with that they didn't think they're going to die or get sick that's a big deal but um in messaging 
you know, if you're import, what's important to you isn't what you're currently doing, my suggestion is to keep listening uh, and listen to back to the ones at the beginning. I'd start from the beginning and, and get down with our journey, talking about essentialism, talking about lining up your dominoes and the one thing. Next week, we're looking at habits. What stands out to me, just real quick, based on these, it's like the, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I feel like that's a different interpretation of work just because I've spent the past X years of my life trying to put myself in a position where there's literally not a negative connotation to work. Like, because I know that's, you know, the, the whole work versus play thing. Mm -hmm. And we touched a little bit about this, but when you intertwine what you love, right? When your big domino is something you care about so much that it's not work. It's like, you look at life as this kind of puzzle to solve. Yeah. And you know, I, I would be upset if I didn't get to continue building this thing. And it wasn't the crux of my life. Um, that's the only thing I'm looking at this and I'm like, uh, and you know, maybe, maybe 40, 50 years down the road, I, I look at it a little differently, but now it's like, I think if you aren't compartmentalizing work as something you don't want to do, there's no negative connotation. If it's one journey and you're just so excited about it, which I think is the ultimate goal, mm. um, then that's not something that I'm, I'm, I'm worried about, but, um, it's just, it's interesting to look at some of these things. What's who, I don't know. I forget who says if you got to take a vacation from your job, you shouldn't go back. Right. 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 Yeah. right. Um, I think I was, what you were saying, Eddie, reminds me of when we were talking about the alchemist with the, the spoon in the oil and like you have the passion, but you're still experiencing life. Right. So like how you were saying, like the fear of chaos, like other parts of your life are for chaos. It's like, even though it's something you love to do, you might be missing out on experiences you can't get back. So even though, so is that, does that that makes sense. Okay, that's an interesting interpretation. So it's like, yeah, you love this, but are you looking so hard at the the oil in your spoon that you're missing out on the traveling and you're missing out on different things? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe maybe working too hard implies that you aren't hanging out with your friends and you aren't doing some of these things. Um, I don't know. Balance mm -hmm. is definitely important. Back to the balls, right? That's it. Yeah, what are the glass balls. What are the rubber balls? And. In, in, in the book, there's a, there's a, a reference to work-life balance that was almost never mentioned before the 30s because it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't, for whatever reason, wasn't mentioned. And it was mentioned a lot in like 2007 when the stock market started crashing. I think people were running out of money. But your, your, your balance of uh, work and life, if, if, if your work and your life are, are the same thing, like if you get paid to socialize or paid to, paid to create and you love to create and you also can figure out a way to get paid to do it, you can pay this. There's people paying for everything now. You don't have to. That's peak living. Yeah. I mean, you, you can learn. There's lots of people that make money doing lots of things. And if you get paid to do what you love, you hit the mark. Right. I wanted, I wanted a, a lifestyle friendly business. So I, I knew that if I wrote a book and I could develop a message around that book, I could talk on stages. I can be interviewed. I can get paid exactly. to travel the world. I've been exactly. in 12 countries uh, talking about my book. That was a big domino. Yeah, it was, it was, it was hard to do, but it was easily doable. I mean, if I had to do it over again, it's, it's much easier. I, I, I tried to knock this one over too many times. Um, something else I'm dying to talk about. Yeah. Someone asked me, what's up? You have a book coming out too. I, I'm so excited about it. It's almost <laughs> no done. It's almost it done. I, we, we, we forgot one of the reasons we did this so we could tell people about the cool stuff we work on. And you've got <laughs> a picture true. book. It's really cool. Talk about it for two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, I wrote, um, I, you know what? I don't even know what to call them, but like 20 thoughts or messages or poems or um, they're short. They're short passages on just different um, ideas to help people in their life or whatever they're going through. And uh, so it's almost like I use the places you'll go as kind of a model. It's like every, there's 20 of them. And so each chapter, each lesson has, um, you know, obviously the text and then this beautiful art that accompanies it. I mean, the, the, uh, the uh, um, artist is just 
out of this world. He got lucky. We had a contest, and Ed, Ed, Eddie uh, pulled this guy out of a hat. And man, this guy can is such be so beautiful. Did you enjoy the art? Yeah, it was ridiculous. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's, I, I'm looking forward to putting it out there. Me too. Um, me too. But that's awesome. Like yeah. That. So that'll be uh, probably, I'm guessing, a month or so. Uh, we'll be out there. So we'll, we'll definitely make sure you're aware of that. Um, but before I forget, just because this has been on my radar for so long, number five, I wish I'd have the courage of a life true to myself. Um, when I was walking down here the other day, I put on my Instagram story, I said, um, just guys, we're doing, uh, I'm doing a podcast teaming up with some awesome folks been wanting to do this i know a lot of people have been asking about it if anything jumps off the the page at you you know that we talk about what's one of those things and um someone said authenticity how do i remain authentic um authentic and i've been thinking a lot about that because i feel like if you feel like you're living a life that's not yours or you feel like you're 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 wearing a mask and you're not being who you are it's not a good thing but delved a little bit deeper and it's like how do you get to the core of your authenticity if everything is essentially influenced by society or by something right so like what 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 is the bottom layer of that authenticity you know because i was obviously thinking about it in terms of what i do Mm -hmm. like am i being authentic i'm doing what i think is right but how do you know where to draw that line and i thought that'd be a fun thing to to bring up here well, I know this. We haven't rehearsed very much about this. We, we curated the books, and, we, and I think we've done a good job of lining them up. But as far as authentic, this is this is right off the cuff. Right. This is something that we're that we're sharing. These are books that we talk about all the time. And it was a shame because after we read books, we talk about them with each other. I said, "Wow, if there was a camera on, people would benefit." From the, from, from, from the book. So if you read these books along with us, you can actually read the book we're doing next week before we, we, we go over it and go over it with us. You can, you learn, there's a higher level of learning. You learn like you're going to teach it to someone else. Yeah. And nothing, I don't think anything's more authentic than that. Well, speaking of, have we been saying the book the week before? It's Atomic Habits. Yeah. I don't know if we, yeah, we had, we said the we one have, thing. We have, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we... Yeah, we're doing Atomic Habits next week. We got to, There's three, three good habit books we could talk about, and we'll probably ripple into all of them, but... Right. Atomic um, Habits, to me, is yeah. the best out yeah. of the three. They're, they're all good. Yeah. 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 But, Charles Duhigg did a nice one, too. They're both good books. Um, yeah, my Audible's marked up with lots of, uh, lots of notes, and there's a lot of fun, like tidbits and like stuff that you know little fun facts quotes stuff like that yeah steve you talked about having uh questions and, and when people interacting with the, with our with our with our conversation mm-hmm. how do they do that oh they could just follow us on twitter facebook instagram anywhere they can just mm-hmm. drop a question there on the youtube as well they can drop a comment if we don't get to it the episode that we talk about the book we'll get to it in the q a that we're going to do awesome um also besides that that i'm excited about habits is that these first couple episodes were kind of setting us up and now habits feel like we're about to take action mm-hmm. so if there's anything you want to talk about turning that corner from the first three episodes to these next ones going forwards sort of the theoretical to the tangible yeah there you go that'll be fun Cool. Well, hey, that's a wrap. I think another another incredible uh, incredible conversation. I had fun. Yeah, I mean, habits are going to be the the next step into creating a directional uh, creating creating a path that's directionally on course to sharing your voice, building a business around it. I mean, ultimately, that's where we're going. That's our big domino for you if you're if you're watching, listening, uh, or both. And we have the power of habit is not next it's ah, atomic it habit you know it's the third time i third time I, don't, I do not lend books to anybody i won't do it if, <laughs> if i give you a book i buy don't it again I, about I, it? yeah because i don't want to be pissed off at someone <laughs> taking a book someone says can i borrow this book i said i don't lend books i'll give it to you if i want to this is a great book james clear the, the atomic habit so take it. see you next week all right take care guys be good